0: Hi, Olivia and everyone else. Um, Thanks for listening to our podcast. We do this every day. I'm Pat Mulroy, the supervisor of the World of Learning Institute. And the World of Learning Institute provides a virtual instruction in world languages and things like calculus, chemistry, and physics, and maybe some other maths when you find it difficult to get a teacher. So we're here to talk to you about what we do every day and those things that we do every day we hope are authentic relevant and engaging and you can contact me if you need help at Pmolroy at worldoflearninginstitute.com for more information um and today i have um olivia grigan with me to talk about what she's been doing this summer every day um so thanks olivia for joining me hey pat thanks hey, for asking me oh, it's good to have you always fun to chat so what yes, are you yes we doing? do a lot of chatting
1: what are you um doing? Oh, so professional or personal? Oh, uh, let's start with personal. What did, did you have any vacation? We did. We had a special vacation. My mom turned 60 and she has wished to travel with her children and spouses and grandchildren. And so we all 13 went to Nova Scotia, Canada. We had, we had three kids who had to get their first passports ever. So it was kind of a big deal. That's awesome. Awesome. 13 yeah. people in one band.
0: Um, but I bet that was years. great for those of you with little ones to have lots of help around. So yes, we were
1: slow moving. It wasn't like a hot, a big agenda trip. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous place. If I know you've been to Nova Scotia, oh my god, if any anybody listening, it's just yeah. it's like one of those places of novels that you hear about. I don't know i just didn't imagine that i would go and then when i was there i was like everyone should, if, if they can should go here it's just really
0: good. know i felt the same way we did the cabot trail which is about, I heard about it. three and a half hours from nova scotia and it is like out in the middle there's water views everywhere Gorgeous. and you get on some of those mountain peaks and you're looking down and i thought big sur in california was awesome but the cabot trail this is better God, it was crazy. I loved it. I yeah. feel like the same thing. If you have the will to travel and the ability to get there, great camping. The parks in Canada for camping are just incredible. So if you have that. And it doesn't, like, you don't
1: have to do much. You really just, I mean, like you, I know we're hiking because you were with, uh, you know, other adults. We had a lot of babies. And so, like, we were just in our Airbnb on, but we just went down to the ocean every day. And it was just such a different even though it's like in a similar, I think it was just a one hour difference time zone, Yeah. but it was still such a different kind of, climate was slightly different, obviously a little bit cooler, but really like different landscape. Yeah. And that's just so refreshing, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. It is, it's nice to get out of your your own space. And it was, yeah. it was great. So, so did you come back refreshed? I know you've had a lot of big- I projects. did, that was like
1: early in the summer, yeah. which, you know, it was even, yeah, it was early June. And in some ways, it's kind of nice, because when I look back on it, it feels a lot a long time ago. And that makes it feel like the summer was long, you know, even though we all are at this moment in the time of year, it feels like it was short. When I think all the way back to Canada, I'm like, wow, that was a chunk of time ago. So um, yeah, I think it said I think having an early vacation in the summer kind of like made summer start, right? It was like that kind of. Yeah. like marker that it was starting and then you know we've lived in our house one year now so in holidaysburg so we um this is kind of our first it was our first full summer with a house and so we've been doing we um created one raised bed garden and we have I, like I call them visible vegetable, like things that are colorful and very clear because I want my two-year-old to see them and able to kind of identify them so we had our first uh squash last uh let's see on saturday we ate our very first yellow squash and our first singular cherry tomato awesome
0: so. yeah my tomatoes are just coming in we've had tons of yellow beans okay um yeah and i i did some flowers from seeds this year just kind of because i had them and they just like give all that pop to the green before mm-hmm. everything else starts turning. but my peppers are starting to come in bunch mm-hmm. of cucumbers. I'm gonna have a lot of tomatoes. I have kale and some other lettuces that are always fun. and
1: yeah, and I would like those. We had limited space and I wanted stuff. I was really thinking about like what's a sensory kind of garden for yeah, a kid. Yeah. So um, maybe next summer we'll add a second a second bed and do some greens and stuff like that. Cool.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So, you and I um, got to go to PASCD this year together, and that wasn't a vacation or a summer garden, but um, <laughs> I think it was very fruitful. Ha ha
1: ha. There you go. There's the connection. She <laughs> there made you go. A There's a professional
0: talk. Fruit and vegetables. And uh, yeah, so I know that you were super inspired um, when you talked or when we listened to especially i think heidi hayes jacobs and you actually um, put some of that into your summer work um so it was it's super exciting for me but i don't want to steal your thunder tell us about like the courses and how some of that inspiration kind of played out um
1: it's i mean she's just got you know, she has been doing this for a long time, working yeah, she's with curriculum. like hero,
0: like in curriculum, and, and-
1: I am and I'm new to it. So I feel like I'm coming in, she's got probably lots of different eras within her professional life that I'm now kind of going back and digging through and looking into but she, her most recent one, I think it's so cool how she's at this point in much later in her career and is still like very much innovating. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has this uh, a new idea that obviously if you're listening to and interested in you should go. Read about in her own words. In in brief, it's the idea that curriculum maps can be more visual and more story based. And so, you know, especially as there's a lot of legislative moves to making our curriculum material forward facing to the public. Um, what is it that we're putting out for others to see? And is it something that that someone who's not in education, and frankly, sometimes even those of us who are in education can process and understand and be engaged by. So like lots of acronyms and lots of standards, you know may or may not be that valuable to to anyone beyond like a curriculum builder, but a storyline not only like better represents or make represent a course more clearly, it should obviously have an effect back on our course and make the course more narrative too. So it's not just about presenting it in a way that's more engaging. So like her idea is about presenting your courses on a storyboard that literally has pictures that tells a story. Like what, who are the characters in algebra one? Like what's going on in that course, the course, not the classroom with the teacher and the students, but what's the story of the course itself. Mm -hmm. And so when she first said that, I was like, totally intrigued by the idea and completely and utterly confounded by what that might mean well you know it's
0: interesting there is this um and i think it's based out of england it's called storyline and it's a way of teaching thematically Mm -hmm. um i did that i did that probably about four years ago i took a summer course Mm -hmm. called storyline because i thought it really would apply to kind of what we do and it's much more elementary like they create in the classroom they create they create their characters to tell the story of the history, the language, whatever. Anyway, so and you could have students. You should, that.
1: and I think Heidi Hayes Jacob's idea is definitely to have students involved in the creation of the story too. Yeah, um, and also that this is something that can happen, like at high, you know, at, at older ages, and that it's not just something like everyone learns well through stories, and yeah. that's what's completely compelling to me. So, I came home just because I wasn't tasked with it because it was something I just wanted to do. It was just like a fun thing to play around with, like. What would be the story of Spanish 1? Spanish 1 is such a dry title. You know, it's literally we name world languages by the year that we're taking them. So there's no like distinction like except that 2 comes after 1. We don't say anything about what each one of those levels is really about. So I just, you know, was like playing around with it and I came up with one framework for me that Spanish 1 is a story of survival. That's what a Spanish 1 student as, you know, as they as they quite literally navigate through the course, are like navigating a survival experience. And like a survivalist, they are not concerned with the more refined things like specific grammar points and correct pronunciation. And that's not where a survivalist lives. Like a survivalist lives in basic necessities, food, shelter, water, getting from point A to point B, and human connection, communication with other people, sitting around if the proverbial, like, fire, right? Um, and so I kind of mapped out the Spanish One course that uh, I hope to build this coming year that I've started building, that each module is actually a survival um, task, right? Where you're imagining um, what what are the basic things you're going to need to be able to survive in a context that's 100% in Spanish. And it's been really neat, because I was, I, Heidi Hayes Jacobs is a really open, Um, innovator and and thought leader. And so, you know, she had shared her contact information. I was able to share my map with her and she wrote back to me, which was exciting. And, um, so she's going to be working on all this work in in, in a book that she has coming out. I think it's called streamlining the curriculum and it's going to be published by ASCD, ASCD. So, um, People should look for that, and I think that there will be, you know, much more concrete and specific, like samples and stuff of what it looks like. To and one of them, one I of the samples is one gonna of them be might be. It might be. It might be my survival Spanish. Survival years, yeah. Spanish. So shout really out cool. to it's... Olivia
0: Grugen for being brave and reaching out. I know. I've never been that brave sometimes, but...
1: Oh, I think you were the one who told me to do it, Pat, so... very oh, go. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, share it with her. Why not share it with her? I mean, there's nothing to lose, right? And right. I honestly wanted to be like, is this what you mean? Because the idea is really cool. Yeah. Um, And I think in her position, like, she's got this idea, and then you need people who are, quote-unquote, yeah. on the ground, you like, need like teachers practicing. to try it mm-hmm. and just kind of, like, play around because you don't know what it means until it's in practice, right? Yeah,
0: and I think I, I really, like, love this concept of real language i mean i know like i was the no child left behind administrator and people were putting their standards on the board and i'm like stop putting down like 1.3.5 and tell people like that's why i love the can do statements in the actful framework i think mm-hmm. um being able to speak in real language like and i think while like it's sometimes you get frustrated, like how are we gonna put everything forward facing? But the world of learning, we put everything forward facing. We let people see our courses like all the way. Like there's no doubt that if somebody wanted to know what we were gonna do, level one, level two, level three, we can say to people, here it is. And a parent can go and look at the whole entire course, you know, right. any any time. So I feel like this, like what, what you've done to develop, it's been very exciting for me to watch on the sidelines. Um so you worked with several of our teachers Let's talk about some of the really cool things that have happened in the development I know you did like Latin I know you did ASL um anything else
1: yeah Arabic and Chinese
0: Arabic and Chinese oh my gosh you have so really, this is such a compelling
1: busy. idea that you like you know and again I think it's really neat that it's not no one was tasked with this or required this wasn't like a new template that people had to fill out but, I came back to the teachers who were already talking about building some building out or rebuilding some of our um, newer sequences or sequences that needs that haven't had attention maybe in a few years. So like Latin 1 is one of those ASL is brand new, Chinese 4 is a higher level that we're re reassessing and then Arabic 1 we really wanted to take off the textbook. So for different reasons we were looking at each one of these courses and I came back from the conference was like, "Hey, this narrative mapping thing is cool." let me just share my screen and show you the survival Spanish one that I made. That's purely a thought experiment at this point that I hope to build into a course. And um, if you like any of it, maybe it'll just spark some of your building and each one in their own way took something from that. Right. And so like, Anne, who's building who has built Latin one or rebuilt Latin one for us had a really traditional Latin one course that was based on a a classic textbook um, where units and lessons were titled by um, grammatical structure or tense and things like that. And Anne and I just started chatting and I was like, why? And frankly, Pat, like of all the languages that we teach, I at the time felt like Latin was probably the last one I would want to take. And I, I like, I'm multilingual. I like learning new languages. And I thought with a limited lifespan, I'm not sure Latin is the one that I'm going to um, spend my time with, but it was just because the story hadn't been compelling to me yet, right. right? And so when I was chatting with Anne, I was like, Anne, tell me honestly, why do you love Latin? Because she does. And yeah. I respect Anne. So there's got to be something there. So my cynic, like I'm a little bit cynical, but I'm taking that off for a second. And I'm like, okay, what is it about this? And she starts talking and you know, beautifully in Latin, it is all about stories already, or it can be, right? And so she starts talking about the myths and how well, then the, these ancient myths apply to our current life, you know, and like the gods of love and war. And what is it about being in love that makes you also, you know, sometimes really aggressive or, or have these kind of like streaks of of anger and um, all these themes that totally apply to our lives, but certainly our, our students' lives, right? And the course doesn't reflect that. Like she loves these myths, but the course is about grammar. And so we started talking about really like, what if the course were built around the myths and what if um, specifically in Latin one, it was built around the gods. So what if the course was called Mount Olympus instead of Latin one? And what if each unit focused on one God? And when you're learning about the God of agriculture, you can learn about food vocabulary. And when you're learning about the God of war, you can learn how to negate verbs and say, I don't like, or I hate, or I, you know, like we can still bring in those vocabulary and grammar concepts and pieces, but in the framework of the narrative. So students aren't, when you say to a student, why is this lesson exists? The answer is not, oh, cause I'm learning to negate verbs. The answer is cause I'm learning about the Greek God of war. And this is, these are some of the things he would talk about or say, right? Right, right. Um, it's just a flipping of the framework. And so Anne built out her entire course with that. um, Ying Fang in Chinese is doing it too. She's got a totally different approach. She's making Chinese for about a fictional character who she has named Jeff. He's from the United States and he travels to China and each module is one new step in his travel. And so she's quite literally like created a story uh, to facilitate Chinese for. And then, you know, uh, I could talk all day. Arabic, AS, Arabic 1 and ASL 2 have their narratives too, but it really, like, um, the idea obviously has momentum because people picked up on it just after, like, being introduced to it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So um,
1: how ready do you
0: feel for students <laughs> to get in these courses this year? You're oh, I'm excited. To, kind of taken over, like, You know some of the stuff Anita did, so you're kind of seeing back end. Plus, now you've built the back end, right?
1: It's interesting. It's kind of like a morphing. Like you and I met with a district this morning. You know that will be maybe maybe doing a long term sub for, and they will probably want to take. They'll probably want to look in the back end of a course and pick and choose some of the modules. So I feel like the work that Anita did so well was like working with districts and really advocating for what the district needed and wanted. And I was isolated from that a little bit and really just working on courses. And so now I think we're kind of bringing some of those pieces together where I'm working on the courses with our teachers and then meeting with the districts. And so I think that'll be a nice connect to kind of like bring those two spheres a little bit more in alignment with each other. Um, But these courses are ready. I mean, I have some like logistical stuff to get copies for teachers and get everybody in them. And But Latin One, yeah, all of the ones that I listed, like Arabic one is completely off the textbook. It's a course that students can access without having to have an additional, you know, resource or pay for an additional resource. And more importantly, the textbook had been designed originally for college students. Mm -hmm. I had taken Arabic on that ten years ago, yeah, um, more than ten years ago, and it was for college students at the time. Arabic was so uncommon; it was students who wanted to become diplomats. So you learned like one of the first vocabulary words you learned was United Nations. It's just You know, like it's time to, it was time to reevaluate and the whole Arabic teaching world knows that. And so I think that we are right along with our colleagues and, you know, in step with the movement towards making Arabic like a usable language. It's not just something for somebody who wants to go into the CIA, right? It can be for, um, it's just a global language, so.
0: Yeah, and it's really cool because I I just want to give a shout out to um, Caroline Robinson Sibley, who is teaching at what, North NC State? UNC university university of north mm-hmm. carolina so she is teaching college al- arabic i was gonna say algebra right. college arabic and she's phenomenal so you know shout out to caroline who has kind of hung in with us even though she's trying to spark a high school arabic program in north carolina and um, we met her when she was in Texas teaching an immersion class.
1: Well, and she taught um, elementary. She's taught elementary, elementary through college yeah. Arabic. So she brought in a lot of her elementary principles and being like, again, like a language can be learned immersively where the focus is not like, okay, here are the next five letters of the alphabet that you have to memorize, but rather like we're gonna use just like you know, kids will see words and cite words in context with images and things that are meaningful and relevant to them. And of course, designed to be at a high school level of intellect, um, even though it's a, you know, novice level of language proficiency. So she's the perfect person to bring together those worlds too. Yeah. Um, we,
0: We are so lucky. I just think about, you know, it's summer and we're working pretty hard, but it feels really great. Um, what would you say has been, um, the most fun for you this summer?
1: Well, I just feel guilty sometimes. Cause you say, I mean, yes, we are working hard, but I just feel like I get to do the I get to do the fun stuff. Maybe I hope everybody feels that they are doing the fun stuff for them. Um, but for me, this is the fun stuff, like the course building. Yeah. Um, something else that's been really fun this summer is I am sitting on a sub, uh, no, not a subcommittee. I'm on a committee for actful. Um, and my committee is the DEI committee, so the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, which is a new committee for ACTful. Um, and my subcommittee within that is to look at um, some affinity groups for teachers within ACTful membership. So we're going to launch that in um, the fall at the ACTful in person conference in Boston, a hybrid conference. There'll be virtual elements as well. And um, there's a lot of really good talk about how to make ACTful even just the conference more accessible with term, you know, in terms of of financial need um, and then making sure that our our teaching and our practices are constantly pursuing um, equity and inclusion for all of our learners. And that really the same theme is as the world of learning has this summer that everyone means everyone, that everyone is not just the traditional language learners of the past who were um, successful in traditional academic environments but that language is something that all learners already use in their first language in some form and that should and and can and do have access and ability to do in a second language or a third so
0: yeah there you go
1: there you go so you've been busy it's been a busy summer busy it's been a busy summer yeah.
0: yeah so um yeah so we're busy working to get the schedule together so that we'll have people to put in those courses so what i love to do is talk to those people and let them know about our, I love our teachers. And so for me to be able to talk about the program is something I love, and I get to do that a lot in the summer with administrators who aren't sure if they're gonna need something or, you know, sometimes I convince them that they need something that we have. um, And sometimes I convince them to try something new. So we'll talk more about that next time because we're trying to do this network because of the teacher shortage. So um, listen for the upcoming work on our network um the world of learning network where hopefully um, we can start helping each other and keep public schools really viable and bright and vibrant with all these cool things that are happening like olivia um, working on these storyboards and you know multiple languages and we're going to have chemistry and physics and math and so it's really exciting it's just a really exciting time so olivia i'm super glad to work with you We do do this every day and we love it. (laughs) Thanks, Pat. All right. Hey, have a great rest of your day, Olivia. Thank you.